Hey, welcome back, guys. First thing I want to say is Happy New Year to everybody. Um, whether you have, whether you're an OG follower who started, you know, listening to me from the early days till uh, now, or if you just even started following me now, let's say, um, I just want to say thank you to each and every single one of you guys, and um, uh, I'm very, very grateful for what you guys uh, are, you know, are following and listening about. Um, and I appreciate your attention. And for that, I just want to say thank you. And uh, I'm, I hope everyone's new year starts off the same way and has a wonderful success in the coming year. Okay. Um, having said that, uh, let's get into today's topic of discussion. Okay. Um, today we're going to be talking about if you're just starting watchmaking, um, what to expect, right? And this is a great topic that has always been come uh, that has always uh, popped up multiple times, um, talking to people. And I feel like this is something maybe it, it should start off the new year for you guys uh, with a bang. So this episode is going to go out to all the people who signed up for the No BS Watchmaking course. Okay, so for those of you who are listening to this podcast um, freely outside in the public. Um, you guys have this golden nugget to listen to. Um, but for the most part, this episode here is going to be dedicated to almost all the students who signed up for the No BS Watchmaking course. And essentially, it's going to go over um, how I feel and my thoughts about watchmaking. Alright guys, so the very first thing I'm going to be talking to you guys about is um, principles. Okay, So in watchmaking, there's always going to be principles. And in the course layout, as you guys will see, the way I laid it out is a very step-by-step process. It's a very um, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And at the beginning, this is exactly what I want you guys to be doing. Um, because watchmaking is very mechanical, okay, no pun intended, in the sense where it's if this, then that, right? If one, two, three... Uh, one has one plus one has to equal to two, okay. And if it doesn't equal to two, then we have to deduce why it doesn't equal to two, right? So principles in that sense are is what I'm talking about. Um, you're gonna notice that in the coursework, in the course load, in the curriculum, um, as you guys scroll down and take a look at the rest of the stuff, um, for the most part, everything is um, step by step, uh, how to do it, and you're gonna see how I do it. And in watchmaking, this is how things should be, okay? In watchmaking, you should be watching how someone else is doing it first, um, especially as a beginner, and seeing how it's done first, and then seeing, and then trying it out yourself, okay? So in, in, in the entire course of your watchmaking career, um, if you have the opportunity to see other people do it first, then then take it because then you can always learn different methods so even though you know how to do something better um in life you know for example it's like for example if you're driving a car and you know how to get from point to point b and that's the route you're always taking and someone takes another route to point b um it's good to know your options okay so when you're learning anything it's always good to have extra options and that's going to be one of the principles we're going to be talking about as well. Um, but in the entire, uh, in, t- in your entire watchmaking career, um, you want to make sure everything is a step-by-step process in the beginning. Okay. So once you understand that, um, for example, right, uh, we know that if we were to disassemble a watch, let's say, um, 
even if you've never t touched a watch before and just just hear me out right so if you wanted to take apart a watch and the, the, the very first, if you wanted to disassemble a watch the very first thing you're gonna have to do is open the case back right you have to find the point of entry into the watch uh, remove that point of entry and then get inside that watch. So it, most common uh, watches are most commonly open from the case back. So the very first thing you're going to have to do is open from the case back and then uh, look around inside. You know, remove the stem, remove the case clamps, uh, remove the watch, remove the hands, remove the dial, right? And then that's how we have the bare minimum of a movement to work with. So things like that is very systematic. <clears throat> now in the beginning, that's how it should be. Uh, and again, uh, after a while, I'm sure you guys have heard, know the rules before you break them, right? Um, once we understand those rules is when we can finally break it, okay? So when we understand how to systematically go from A to Z, we can go from A and skip to D and from D skip to kind of, you know, yeah, uh, so on and so forth, you know, H or, or L, you know? And um, that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, in the very beginning, though, like I said, it's very, very important. I can't stress this enough. It's important to understand the basics. It's important to understand the rules before you break them, right? Um, in watchmaking, this is important, okay? If you go to watchmaking school, it's going to be taught to you very systematically and very boring, um, unfortunately. Uh, as a, you know, It's a very unfortunate thing, but it's, it's very, very boring. Um, it's 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 demanding. It's uh, uh, for a lot of people. It's rewarding as well. So I'm not gonna say it's boring for everybody. Um, for me, I personally think it was very very boring. I personally uh, don't learn that way. Um, I learn in a very conversational tone. I learn in a very I learn in a matter where um, I have to do it. And if I do it and I mess up, then that's where I learn. Um, and and I've heard a quote and I've read a quote and it's always resonated with me kind of, you know, if you, if you make the mistake yourself, you know, uh, if you, if you learn from your own mistakes, you're a smart man. If you learn from another person's mistake, you're, uh, uh, you're a, I forgot what, how it exactly went or, so I'm just going to paraphrase, you know, if you learn from, if you, if you made a mistake and you learn from your mistakes, you're, you're a smart man. If you learn from another, mis if you learn, uh, the mistakes of another person, uh, you are a wise man, right? So that in general is what I'm trying to say. So when you when you're looking at the when you're looking through the coursework, or even if you're just listening to this, um, pay attention to how I disassemble the movements. Um, pay attention to how I'm uh, going about doing things, and then hey, maybe you might not like it, and maybe you find a, a way you're going to be doing it yourself, right? And, uh, and as in everything with watchmaking, um, it's always best to have, uh, to have another person with you, right? So it's important that even though you guys are just watching the videos and the course, it's, it's supplementary at the point, you know, at this point, uh, in the sense where you're, you're following along and it's a hobbyist perspective, even though I'm giving you inside and industry standard, uh, stuff, um, at the most part it's always best to have a watchmaker with you kind of if you can and not everybody has that luxury which is why this course is there to fill that gap for you and what i'm trying to say is um <clears throat> you know there are going to be things that are very very hard to explain but i i i i, I did it anyway right um like such as end shake adjustments um it's hard to watch a video and get the get the entire uh grip of the process without actually having felt the proper mechanics and proper understandings behind it in person 
So I could be talking about something and explaining to you and trying my best to explain it to you. But if you're, if you're, if you are grabbing it and you're checking yourself, you might not understand it as well as if I was there to tell you exactly what it is. So in a large part, that's going to be, um, that's going to be one of the loopholes. That's going to be one of the, the flaws of this video course. And I'll tell you right up. I'll tell you straight up, and I'll tell you this right now. That's that's one of the flaws of the video course, and uh, especially in anything. It's not just this specific video course. Um, it's kind of like the same way where you can't learn martial arts through you know a DVD, right? Um, you can't watch. Uh, you can't can't do Tai Bo and expect to become a martial artist and and certified you know self defense or whatnot. Um, it's the same concept as you can't watch these videos here and say that you are a certified watchmaker. And what these videos are here to do is to show you and take you step by step by the hand and to show you exactly how we do things in, uh, in terms of the industry or in terms of how we you know disassemble, reassemble, clean, do this. And you're going to notice in the, in the video that there are going to be a lot of um, things that I go through specifically for you guys, right? So, for example, I understand not everybody has a cleaning machine at home. So, you're going to notice that in the video, we're going to go over how to actually, you know, do it yourself, clean the movements at home, kind of like a DIY version of it. And, and you know, there's interesting solutions and interesting um, interesting alternatives to the industry standards. And we're, we're going to go through all that as well. And as a matter of fact, this leads me into uh, another, you know, principle, um, you know, that there are going to be times in watchmaking where not everything is going to go according to plan. So, um, for example, uh, you know, if you if you do everything systematically and it messes up, then it's it's you're bound to mess up. And there, there are going to be times where you're it's not always black and white right so for example um sometimes if the industry standard says you have to do it this way um and let's say the customer brought the watch to someone else and they butchered it and they bring it to you and now they want you to fix that watch sometimes you can't fix watches that were messed up by other people doing it the industry standard way okay so uh <clears throat> that's you know if you're a watchmaker um, you're going to understand what I'm talking about by if I was to tell you right now that let's say if a customer brought a watch to another you know person that repairs watches and they butchered the balance wheel and they butchered the end shake for the balance wheel. In theory, there is no fixing or there, there, is, no, there is no industry standard way of um, solving end shake for a balance wheel uh, on a regular ETA, let's say. Um, so if someone messes up that end shake on the balance wheel, you're going to have to bend that balance wheel to give it proper end shake. So there's no real rule in the industry standard that explains to you exactly how to do stuff like that. Um, so all I'm trying to say is that there are going to be times where it's not always black and white, and that's, and that's watchmaking. Um, you got to understand a little history about watchmaking before um, is that before there were all these fancy industry standard ideas and industry standard terminologies and schools and everything like that, watchmaking at the end of the day was a trade that just passed that was passed on from generations to generations. It was passed on from you know mom and pop to the next generation and so on and so forth. 
Uh, it was only when people started to uh, realize that there was a need and there was a skill and that there was money to be made that schools and everything came out. And as schools and certifications came out and stuff like that, those were looked at as a new standard. And then somehow it made everyone that didn't have one look bad. Okay, so just because uh, someone has a certification as a watchmaker doesn't necessarily mean that they're good watchmakers. You know what I mean? So if you follow this course and you do everything to the T and and you oil properly and you get the basic fundamentals down to the T, you could be better off than most certified certified watchmakers that I know out there, believe it or not. Um, but I'll, you know, I digress, right? So uh, in general, just because someone has a certification doesn't mean that they're a good watchmaker is what I'm trying to say. So uh, believe it or not, at the end of the day, um, if you follow the coursework throughout and you, you know, practice day in and day out and you actually put in the time and you put in the effort and you put in the repetition, um, you will be better than most watchmakers out there. And I say this with utmost confidence and utmost sincerity. Okay. Uh, when you go through this course and you follow everything and you put in the work time, this course has the information in there, has the workload for you to make you a well-qualified watchmaker, well-qualified watchmaker. So please don't look down on that. Okay. So <clears throat> essentially what's, what the coursework is going to involve is it's going to equip you with the knowledge to pass a uh, standardized watchmaking bench test. Um, in general, right? So if you were to go, if you if you needed to take apart a watch and put it back together, this course does that for the ETA 2024 or 2092 or 7750, so on and so forth, right? So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to, uh, if something doesn't make sense, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, but if you rewatch the videos over and over again, uh, you will understand the concepts. Um, if it's something doesn't make sense or if, if you have a hard time grasping it, you know, again, reach out to me. Um, this course won't work unless you do. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to tell you up front right now. This course won't work unless you do. So don't expect this course to make you a watchmaker or don't expect this course to give you the ability to become a watchmaker. If you're only putting in 30 minutes, you know, uh, 30 minutes overall. Right. So you're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to put in the work. And it, it, at the end of the day, this course has everything there for you to do what you need to do. Okay. Um, watchmaking is a very funny thing. Okay. And the reason why I say some, the reason why I say that is that, um, when I first started watchmaking <clears throat> and I learned it from my father, uh, watchmaking, um, was always taught to me kind of, and always explained to me that, um, if you don't have a, uh, if you don't have a certifications or anything like that, then you're not qualified. Um, and what's funny is that none of this was ever, none of this was ever explained to me when I was younger. And so when I worked on watches, I just worked on watches and I, it was pure repetition. You know, we were, we were taught, I was taught to, for example, if I needed to take a part of a part, a, a section of a watch, I literally took apart that section of the watch and put it back together over hundreds of times in a day. That The amount of repetition I had on that specific section was unbelievable. 
I learned simply by doing the repetition. And you're going to notice that when you first start off, that's everything. You know, repetition is king. You know, like I, I took apart something until I knew it by heart. You know, and, and before I even moved on to another topic, moved on to another section of the watch. I worked on that one section of that watch day in, day out until I memorized it. You could have tossed that move. You could have tossed that, you know, part into a pile of sand and I was able to figure it out and, and, and put it back together. Kind of that's how I'm you know, talking to you about it. And when you realize that uh, the pure repetitions you're putting into these stuff um, and pig headed determination. Um, and trusting in the process is that when you when you come out on the other side, you're actually better off than most will ever be. Because, for example, if you compare yourself working on a 2892 compared to another watchmaker out there that's working on a 2892, um, maybe that person works on a 2892 once a month or maybe even four or five times a month, right? If you're working on this movement 2892 um and you're really putting in the work, you could be logging in five to ten disassembly and reassembly and lubrications a day. In real time, that's five to ten watches you're disassembling and reassembling in a day. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that that's that I recommend that, um, but if you can do five to ten watches in, let's say, two days, you're doing the same amount of workload this guy's doing in a month, right? So what I'm trying to say is that at this point, it's a numbers game. Uh, don't, don't let the fact that the years or anything like that, it's about the mileage, right? Don't let the um, age or don't let the uh, certifications, you know, get to you or anything like that. Um, always believe in yourself. Do you understand? When you're working on a watch, even when you're working on a watch that's inanimate, like a mechanical movement, um, believe in yourself when you're working on it. If you come across a problem, don't succumb to it that easily look for it the answer is there the answer is always there in front of you you're always going to have the answers there trust me when i tell you that if you have no idea how many times i worked on a watch and i couldn't figure it out when i first started and i asked for help and i was made fun of because i couldn't figure out the problem meanwhile the answer was there in my face so the way i thought about it was that sooner or later um you know, if someone else can figure it out, I can figure it out. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. If someone else can figure it out, you can figure it out. And because someone else can figure it out, that means you yourself at this moment, point in time, can figure it out as well. Okay. It might not be the best solution, right? Um, but you will figure it out in the sense where, uh, in the sense where you came up with the solution to the problem yourself. And look, when you find out the correct way, quote unquote, to do something, then that's an additional method you have now to solve problems, right? So it's, it's, it's never a mistake unless you don't learn from it. So going from there, um, <clears throat> going from there, when you first start off, you know, in this course as well, um, check out a lot of the movements that, you know, I laid out. For, for example, the 2024, 2092, 7750. Now, you're going to notice that logically speaking, you know, assuming that you account for deviation errors and stuff like that, you're going to make mistakes, right? So uh, it makes sense for you to maybe even pick up clone movements at this point in time. So maybe you could pick up replica movements. So instead of picking up a 2024, it might be cheaper to pick up a Saleta or maybe a cheap replica version of the 2824 or maybe a 2092. And then work your way 
from there out, right? So if you can work on a, the replica version of it and you can take it apart and put it back together, lubricate everything, and you, you feel okay without losing parts, pick up the ETA version. Pick up the real version of it, okay? Because here's the thing. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose parts. You're going to drop parts, and you're going to have missing screws. You're going to have missing springs and clicks, and it's going to happen, and I can guarantee you that. So please... Don't get upset at yourself if you lose a part. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to, it's going to happen to everybody. I still lose parts to this day, believe it or not. So don't think that, you know, just because you lost it, ah, damn it, right? Um, so what I'm trying to tell you is that up front right now, it might make sense for you to pick up replica movements first and then work your way inwards. After you get good, pick up an Eta movement and then work on that until you are confident, right? So from that sense in that sense um if you lose a part or something like that it's a replica movement it, you know you can always just pick up another one for cheaper right you can pick up a movement probably for cheaper than if you have to look for a part um so that's what i'm trying to say so get clones and replicas at first okay so that's that's very 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 important in the sense where because it's going to happen and i just need you to understand that and i can't repeat myself over and over again okay um, so as you go on, um, another thing I want to drill back into the topic of discussion, um, is that this course isn't intended to replace traditional and supervised schooling. Okay. So you're, you're watching me through the videos, you're watching Henry through the videos as well. Um, and it's, it's not intended to replace, you know, um, it's not intended to replace any, any formal or traditional training in the sense where, um, someone's there with you to teach you or someone's there to teach you the theories behind it. Um, it's hard kind of to explain everything through videos as you guys understand. You know, if you go, if you watch a YouTube video, you know, you could watch, you can watch, how, you can watch and understand how an airplane works and how to fly it. But until you actually fly it, it's a completely different story, right? So that's that. Um, that's just a quick gist, right, of everything in terms of watchmaking that I want to get to you guys to learn. Um, and with that, okay, uh, I leave you guys and I hope, hopefully this, you know, jump starts everything you guys need to do for this course. And for those of you who are listening to this, uh, I recommend you to get started as well. And other than that, have fun guys.